Now do the silly one. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to find out science's favourite food. Oh, ooh, that's fun. Yes. I'm Andrew Stavesen and joining me today are Cameron Shearer. Hello. Christopher Gibson. G'day. And Renee Gorham. Hello. Hey. All the way from NZ. That's ooh. what you say here, isn't it? NZ. Across the ditch. Yeah. It, oh, well international, done, international I like guest. Way, yeah. International guest. First in- international guest that's an actual scientist and not yeah. a member of my family. <laughs> Chris, stop offending New Zealand listeners by saying questions. <laughs> Is that the only thing you do? Sorry, Kiwis. Kiwis. Is that how you say it? Kiwis. <laughs> All right, everyone. Favourite food? No, it's not. <laughs> Cameron, how do you say Kiwis with a Kiwi accent? Uh, New Zealander. Renee, you've been there for a while. Is there a way of saying it? No, I can't tell the difference and I'm Australian. So. Oh, very good. That's fine. <laughs> Renee, as our special guest, what's oh. your favourite food ever? Jeez, I didn't have to think about that one. Chocolate. Just chocolate. So, oh. if, so you're on death row, last thing, chocolate. Whitaker's chocolate. Whitaker's chocolate. <laughs> God, nice. That's very specific. Yeah, well done. Cameron? Well, um, I, I have to think a little bit longer than that. <laughs> I like... Cheese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. You're allowed to like cheese, by the way. I don't know why it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it's because we talk about cheesing on papers, you know. So in a way, uh, yeah, you know, that, maybe that's, it's, that's it's also connection. a metaphor. It's a metaphor. You picked up on that. Well done, Chris. I've cheesed myself on enough papers. Gabo, uh, mint choc cornettos. Now, for me, I'm going to yeah. actually say a proper food. Oh, okay. Oh, God, here we go. Prawns. Ugh. All right. Love them. Love them. So In- insects of the sea. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, wasn't the question, what does science? Yeah, I'm getting there, isn't it? Oh, you always try to host <laughs> this podcast, <laughs> and I am not having it, Christopher Gibson. His hosting like push-ins, they're increasing a lot they are. recently. They are. We're going to have yeah. to have a word about this. Yeah. Um, what would be science's favorite food? All right, I know. I know no, I'm shut sorry. up, Christopher Gibson. We got a fucking guest. Chill out. Sorry, Renee. Chill you go, you go. Renee, what oh. would science's favourite food be? Oh, it'd have to be some sort of fruit and veg, you know, something that CSRO developed, oh, made yeah. up on a menu. Yeah. Genetically <laughs> modified fruit and veg? Yeah. <laughs> Stop butting right? in, Christopher. No, I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, okay, you wouldn't you... science like genetically modified food since yeah. there's science in it? That yeah. is most fruit and veg these days. So. Is, it, is it really? I don't Ooh. know, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I mean, seedless watermelon has been modified. Ooh, I love me some natural. genetically modified fruit and veg. It's wonderful. All right, Gibbo, you can't help yourself. What would science eat? All right, it would eat a balanced and nutritious diet of vitamin pills. <laughs> <laughs> vitamin pill only. Yep. When that I, was the year 2000 <laughs> from when you were a child, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> when I was a young boy in the 70s, future food was very small and compact. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like TV dinners looked futuristic, you mm. know, the little tiny compartments of food. But I remember watching a movie where they just ate pills and you'd eat a pill and it would be, you know, beef stew or something like that. Whoa. Yeah. So that's that's what science would eat. Yeah. Good. Cameron, anything to add? Yeah, I'm going with lab-grown meat. Oh, I saw uh, that recently. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I'd love me some of that too. So uh, much better for the environment uh, and uh, tasty. 
Maybe. I don't know. Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) Science would like it though. I think science would eat one of those all-in-one meals that are disgusting. Oh, like what you like? Like I tried, yeah. <laughs> that's, cement, know, like the, that's cement powder you had. Yeah, that was gross. Like Did you was, ever finish that No, there's, like, there's one serve left and the other day I was really hungry and I, I was thinking about I'm going to go eat this powder. But then I remembered that it actually hurts my throat. Yeah. <laughs> like it hurts to drink it. That's what science would drink. But I mean... You're not making a lot of money at the moment, are you? I'm not, no. So Actually, maybe you should be eating this food that's already in your cupboard. Yeah, look, freelancing isn't going so great at the moment, <laughs> but but I don't know what else to say. I, You're like, not that desperate. I'm not that desperate. I'm not that desperate. Bring in some of that powdered cement and we'll try some right, on the podcast. On the podcast. All I'm right, in, I'm intrigued to try this stuff now. All right, yeah. done, 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 done. All right, everyone, news from the week. Renee, as our special guest. Oh, I actually got some news. Oh, oh good. Yeah. Go for Bring it. it um, I just got a manuscript accepted into nanoscale. Oh, so. great. Oh, well done. Yeah. yeah, we love that. That's a great journal. <laughs> I published it in there a couple so, of times. As impact well. factor? Uh, seven point something. Oh, yeah. not too shabby. Ooh, very not too good. Shabby. Oh, that's excellent. That's better than Chemcom. Yeah. Mm, take yeah. that, Chemcom. Yeah. <laughs> it was Chemcom all, burn. All my from work done from my, uh, before my last paternity leave, so it was good. To yeah. get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, good. Are you sat on much more data from that? Or is that, are you like, okay, that's, uh, that's done? Yeah, it was only nine months worth of work, so. Mm, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. Done well and done, right? <laughs> well done. Good on you. And how long are you in Australia for? Uh, until tomorrow. So yeah. I came uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I returned tomorrow lunchtime. So. so for listeners of the podcast, obviously you're, you sound Australian. Yeah. You are Australian. Mm-hmm. What uh, took you across to the other side? Uh, simply a job. Yay! <laughs> well, hang on, was it a permanent position? Well, it was five years, so close Whoa. enough. Oh, yes. five Almost years. A yeah. That's got to have its own special music, surely. Five yeah, years. yeah. So we'll I think work so. on that. We'll work on that. Yeah. Definitely. We will. We uh, will. I will do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy and Cameron will come up with some ideas. Yeah, I think Andy right. will do it. <laughs> I got loads of time. <laughs> and how far into that are you at the moment? One year. One year. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And with have you like given them like the wink, wink, I want to stay here, employ me afterwards kind of vibe? Yeah. Well, I've said yes to teaching, which usually means that you want to stay around. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. That's you wouldn't right. really go into that voluntarily for no future payoff, <laughs> would you? <laughs> no. I I'm, like it. I still, I still enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> and so, Renee, what's the purpose of your visit? As if <sighs> I didn't know. Oh, well, it was predominantly to go to Brisbane to see Matt Trow, <laughs> <laughs> Professor oh. Matt Trow from AIBN. So, but then um, I come for a detour to Adelaide to do some atomic force microscopy with Chris. Mm, yes, with me. Luckily, he yep. just can't wait yep. to get his own yep. little... <laughs> Renee was quite expert at the, in- at the AFM instruments we have here and she's been using a couple of them and getting pretty good data so far, we think, maybe. Yeah, in the last hour. I've only been here for a week, so. <laughs> that's, that's classic science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's where the magic happens, isn't it? A week it? of nothing, and then the hour before you leave, you collect gold. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that's how we, it works. We made you stop collecting good data to come talk with us <laughs> on the <laughs> radio show. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> that's, that's actually true. Sorry, Good. Renee. Sorry, science. <laughs> Sorry, science. Hey, did Chris make a proper introduction? That was not yet. No, we're about yet. to do that. I Ooh, was no. up okay. late researching Renee. Were you? That's creepy and no. I don't know if that's allowed. <laughs> You're not allowed to say that, Chris. No, no. That's Googling, right. My Facebook is silent. <laughs> Private. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This happens every time. Um, yes, yeah, so I've got an introduction for Renee. Please. Uh, now, Renee, uh, we had lunch before with our, uh, your old boss, my current boss, 
And during that, I realized I've got some information wrong. <laughs> so you can correct me after I make the mistake. So uh, Andy wrote that I have to give a funny academic introduction. So I can't guarantee there's any humor. Ooh, Renee thanks. did her Bachelor of Science and her honors at Flinders University. Uh, you've got down a Bachelor of Technology, Forensic uh, and Analytical Techniques, Flinders Uni in 2007. That was your undergrad, yeah? Yeah, yep. I got all this from your thesis, which I found online. Oh. <laughs> and downloaded. Six megabytes, it's very good. Got a few questions, though, about the AFM section you might need to... Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Come on, Chris Rickinson, keep going. Uh, then you did Jonah's uh, Bachelor of Science at Flinders in 2008. This was when I first met Renee. I met Renee, I think, in the first few days I actually started working here. You came to me to ask me about AFM tips yeah. and should you purchase them. And at the time I was saying, yep, you need to go see this manufacturer. Is this, is is this, this Renee's it? introduction? <laughs> <laughs> and then <Your> introduction. <laughs> it's a combination. Uh, and, then, and then I found out we give them away for free. Anyway, so I made Renee go away and do a bunch of work. This was when I first met Renee, and this is also around the time that I became a mentor for Renee. Oh, which is also Christ. around the time I became a mentor no, for Cameron. No, don't say that. No, you never were. Never happy. I was a mentor for Cameron, and then when you turned up in 2012, I became your mentor as well. That's incorrect <laughs> so as well. I've mentored everyone at this table pretty, pretty effectively. Then Renee went on to complete her PhD in 2013 at University of South Australia. Supervisor was... Krasimir Vasilev. Yeah, Krasi Vasilev. Yep. yep. Uh, co-supervisors Andrew Micklemore and Robert Short. Yep. That's correct. Couldn't find my name in the acknowledgements. <laughs> I, I assume that was a typo of some sort. <laughs> Title of the thesis was Generating Density Gradients of Gold Nanoparticles Using Plasma Polymerization as a Novel Tool to Observe Cellular Response. That's right. Yep. Very good. Um Came back to Flinders to do a postdoc with Joe Shapter and Ingo, Ingo Copa. Uh, and amongst the research she did, she looked at the interaction of silver nanoparticles with tethered bilayer lipid membranes, which we co-authored a paper in Langmuir oh. on. Well, well done. But Christopher Gibson. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, quick and funny. Uh, those were the two <laughs> things that Andy asked you to do. I believe I, I did describe it as quick and funny. Are you going to bring it home now? I, I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to bring it home right now. Then she did another postdoc at UniSA after finishing the postdoc at Flinders in, when was it again? Late 2014. That's right. Yeah. Uh, UniSA did another postdoc with Thomas Nahn and then moved to New Zealand in late 2016. Yeah, uh, early, early. Early 2016, sorry. And is now at the Victoria University of Wellington, um, which is at the bottom of the North Island. Yes. Wellington, I didn't yep. know that until I looked it up last night. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in the School of Chemical and Physical Sciences, but it was also part of the McDermott, McDermott Institute. McDermott, yeah. McDermott, sorry. Institute. You need some lessons in pronunciation, mate. And is currently working on a project to do with DNA. Because I know that's what you're doing on the other hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have to elaborate on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah do, uh, tell us a bit more about what your current project is, right? Well, uh, the work I'm doing here this week is looking at uh, DNA uh, stabilised silver nanoclusters. So basically Ooh. we just shake some DNA with some silver and reduce it and we get these um, fluorescent solutions. So we're just trying to figure out if there are actually nanoclusters, which I don't believe they are. And that's mm. why I'm using AFM. Okay. Yeah, but my actual... Uh, research niche is looking at extracellular vesicles released by cells, which are just basically communicators that cells release. Yeah. Oh, very good. Excellent. 
So it was like oh, cool. cell cell carrier pigeons. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> you can use that one. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Listen, from the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simplifying yeah. things to a ridiculously yeah. shit level already. <laughs> Take OK science word, add something from the early 1900s. That's right. Science Boom. communication. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's, that's where we roll now. Yeah. Yep. I like it. I like it's it all about the title. So even now it's uh, Nature's Own Drug Mule is my title. Nature's <laughs> Own Drug Mule. Yeah, that's yeah. much <laughs> better than what Andy said. It's way better. Uh, you, do you want a job? Because <laughs> there's really, loads that I've been rejected from that are probably one year. We could do a whole thing on drug mules right now because that's really fertile territory. Are, isn't you, it? are you smuggling something in your bum right now? <laughs> that's the uh, only reason. That'll we, do. That'll that's do. the that's only reason we should talk about well, it. And that's why he wants the mule replacement stuff for. Uh, so <laughs> plug him up. How did this turn yeah. into mocking me again? <laughs> um, all cut, right. You'll cut that bit out, won't you? No. Cameron, news from the week. Anything oh, fun? I just got a, a question for Renee. Oh, um, yes. So you moved to New Zealand. That's a big move from uh, Adelaide, which you've been at for quite a while. Uh, and also you've moved with your husband and two children. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, that's right. Why is everyone stalking you, Renee? This is- <laughs> well, so, I mean... We've been friends, so that's why I know. Oh, okay, yeah. that's hilarious. There wasn't any internet stalking. <laughs> that's, that's fine, that's fine. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm not so worried anymore. My apologies, carry on. So was that a big decision for you to make, to move from, from away from Adelaide? Yeah, yeah, I was, um, before I chose to move, I spoke to my mentors, which is Joe Shapter. <laughs> <laughs> and not, Ooh, and, and not Chris, Chris Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a big move, but it's actually worked for us, so okay. Yeah. Hmm. Good stuff. Um, Chris, news from the week. Keep it short. All right. Big, big news. Always. Always big news, Gibbo. Massive always big news. news. So, my H-index, according to Scopus, has gone up by one point. No. What is it now? Five? <sighs> no. It's gone from 18 to 19. Whoa. And the reason it's gone up is that the paper that was on the cusp of, of going up, there was a mistake in Scopus. And I emailed them and they corrected no, it. No, you didn't email them. I emailed them and they oh, corrected you. it. And now my H-index has gone up one. So if you're really anal and, and desperate and you've got lots of time on your hands and you're really boring, you can get your H-index increased by hounding Scopus like I did. Well done, Givo. So can you lie? Can you just say increase? No, my no, H they check index? it. They, they check, check it. it. They check mm. it and they email you back and say, yep, we agree. Or they say, no, we don't. Have you been wrong before? Yeah, I've had a couple of wrong ones. <laughs> really? So this isn't the first time? I do it all the time. There are literally hundreds of <laughs> citations out there um, that, that scopers get wrong yeah. that people don't realise. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, so um, I've, got, uh, I've got a Gibbo segment as part of my news. What's it called? Gibbo Science Heroes. Oh, Gibbo Science Heroes! Here it is. So I've got two Gibbo Science Heroes and I'm going to have to read some bits. On the 8th of March, 2017, it was International Women's Day. Both these things happened while Renee was here, actually, Yeah. in the last week. It was International Women's Day. Is that and because you were here? Can exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you, Renee. Was a great day. Thank you, Renee. Yeah. That was right. And someone we know was pivotal in helping smash a national record which was done to promote female scientists in STEM. Do you all know what STEM is? Science, technology, ears, and mouths. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's correct. Oh, no, excellent. engineering. I en- couldn't think of what it was. Engineering and maths, are the last two. Uh, the national. No, excuse me. There's A in there, no. Steam. Steam. What's steam. A? The arts. 
Oh, the arts. Uh-huh. So get them out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, they have got no... A has got no place in Look, Steam. Look, mate, I'm just the messenger at the... Nash, at the I choose science, to shoot you. Yeah, <laughs> at the um, Science Communicators Conference, people were like, ooh, arts. Got a bit of arts in there. Arts are apparently very important at communicating science. The national record smashed was the largest number of people in lab coats in one place. We got 128, and the previous record was 30-something. Smashed so, it. Smashed, smashed it. it. Smashed it. Four times. If To break the world record, we would have had to get something like 300 and something. So yeah. we were well short of that. We didn't want to. Didn't feel like it. We thought Australia this year, the have world you got next year. You haven't even got... I mean, if everyone bought their friends... Everyone came up, came up with ideas. You could like tell all the first years that they fail if they don't come along yeah. in their lab codes. There's Seems ethical. Lots of tactics <laughs> you could use. The pivotal person to make this happen... Yeah. Claire Lenahan was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Claire and Cameron and 126, 125 other people. So well done to everyone. Everyone there was a science hero, but I'm kind of putting myself out there as number one. That's great, Gibbo. Not sure why. Oh, just and we're going to put a photo up of everyone. Okay. And we'll highlight where I am. Yeah. And we'll definitely highlight where Cameron is. Yeah, we're standing right <laughs> next to you. <laughs> it's quite easy to see. Uh, it's funny. Anyway. Um, now, now, another science hero. I'll be quick. I'll be quick, I promise. On Friday, 10th of March, an email was sent round to the School of Chemistry and Physics, where I work, that said if a trolley was not returned, then the planned drinks event for the school for that afternoon that was to be held in the tea room would not go ahead. So they need no. this trolley to put the drinks on and take the drinks to the tea room. If they didn't have the trolley, drinks weren't happening. Oh, that sounds terrible. The following email was sent by Gibbo's second hero for the week. And it reads as follows. I hereby volunteer to help carry the drinks down to the tea room if the trolley does not turn up in time. The hardworking people in this school deserve their cap social get-together. They do. Isn't that a selfless, brave... Selfless, brave, yeah. I desperate. Mean, yeah. <laughs> This selfless and heroic act was done by... Alcoholic. Me. <laughs> oh, my God, he's a Gibbo. Again, I'm my own science hero. Well done, Gibbo. Thanks, everyone. i just like to say, though, you didn't need the trolley. I mean, you found the trolley, didn't you? Yeah, they did. <laughs> you didn't actually do anything. Oh, look at this. Renee was there. <laughs> and, I enjoyed the drinks. <laughs> and, and, and I didn't actually carry anything because, thank God, the trolley turned up. Um but I did what? still send Hang that on. email to Once everyone. Once again, you're saying the thought, the thought makes you a hero. Essentially, yes. Ready? All right. I'm going to think about saving you from a burning building. Uh, oh, there we are. I'm a hero. I don't believe you. <laughs> Is he your... I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really the brave type, are you? Me? Yeah. No. Clearly not. No. I mean, look how beautiful my face is. It's so angular. I can't, I can't risk damaging this. I think you'd risk your life to, br- to save certain things. Not my me. My dog, Sophie. Not, not me, but Sophie, definitely. No, Sophie. Yeah. yeah. I right. kicked her in the face accidentally last night in the dark. Yeah, that's not so. Nice. It's not so heroic, is it? And you couldn't sleep with, because of guilt. You went. Yeah, yeah. Sleep, well, yeah. I sat, sat with her on the lounge for ten minutes, going, "Please, please trust me again." <laughs> so that's my news done. Andy, well done over to you. Uh, not very much news other than oh, lots of things going on, lots of secret things, which I'll reveal later. Oh. Andy's secret got secrets, things. everyone. Um, this is a get to know Renee. What moment? <laughs> so, <laughs> Renee, what's your favourite colour? Green. What's your favourite city? Oh, Edinburgh. Oh, why Edinburgh? 
Oh, it must be the castle and the green hills and the snow. Yeah, yeah. It was yep. nice. very good. There's not always snow there, but yep, I yeah. can understand. <laughs> stop, stop peer reviewing her. <laughs> Can't help it. Yeah. No, I was there in spring and there was snow on the mountains, so that was good enough. <laughs> yeah. Who's your favourite teacher while you're growing up? Oh, it was definitely my physics teacher, Mr. Fowler, and um, yeah, he was probably the one who helped me go into science. Coming from a country town, so we. Didn't even know what science was. <laughs> well, uh, shout out to Mr. Fowler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That. Well, we, <laughs> talk, we talked about uh, teachers before, and for me, it was really important. Like, there were, I had a great chemistry teacher. Uh, my favorite teacher was my physics teacher. Oh, physics as well. Yeah. Gibbo? Yeah, I had a good year eight science teacher. He was very good, Mr. Padden. But I also mm. learned a lot from Carl Sagan on the TV series Cosmos. Where's been your favorite place to work so far? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, mm. It would have to be a toss-up because I've always liked Flinders um, here, obviously. But the work, place I work at the moment is pretty nice at yeah. BUW. So, yeah. And then they're giving you a five-year contract. Yeah. yeah. So, Thanks very much. Yeah, Big so, sweetener. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. What's, what's their full name? What's like the full name of... Oh, Victoria University of Wellington. Okay. And yeah. the department you're in? Uh, is Skips or School of Chemical and Physical Sciences. Skips. Yeah. I like it. That's way better than CAPS. Yeah. Where's I like the it. I? No, it's just S C P S. Skips. 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 But yeah, the McDermott Institute that I work at is quite good because it go- crosses um, all different universities. So we have a, um, uh, we are available to all different scientists within New Zealand in general. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And how? So you've been in New Zealand for a year. Yep. How many times have you fallen over because of snow? <laughs> I've only went. I only went to um, Mount Roapuwe or whatever. I'm not really good at the pronunciation. Oh, no, I We're not going to correct you. We're yeah. not going to correct yeah. you. <laughs> but it's, the ski field was called uh, Faka Papa. So um, yeah. So I fell over a few times snowboarding. And I think that's all the questions. Any questions for Renee? I asked mine before. You asked yours. You didn't tell Gibbo. me it was going to be a question. Well, part. I just made it up on the spot. <laughs> Uh, uh, how's the AFM going, Renee? <laughs> I knew it was going to be that question. <laughs> Funny that. Something about cr- something about myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going very well. I've been pretty helpful, haven't I? Um, <sighs> what for the five minutes? No, <laughs> actually. <laughs> AFM no, burn. It's great. Even the best. Chris is uh, the reason I came here because of the knowledge that Chris and the group has. <sighs> Thank you, Renee. And that's including Let Cameron me bask as well. In the and glory Alex. and adulation <laughs> yeah, of yeah. that compliment. Thank Included you very me. Much. I've done. I've done nothing, but that's good. <laughs> and I'm sure you like me being here. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some quick news. I'll go through it quickly because Chris is taking up all the time again. Uh, I've got another paper accepted into Solar RRL. Jesus, Whoa. you're on fire again. Is this, hold on. Didn't you get one in RRL last time? Yeah, I just said my second one into Solar RRL. Hang on. What's RRL stand for again? Rapid. Research letters Ooh, published okay. by Wiley, real journal doesn't happen, doesn't have an impact factor yet. Because yeah, it's new. yeah. Because it's not new. quite so real, is it? Then, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think oh, <laughs> oh, that's ever an evil laugh. <laughs> Cameron, you're on fire. I don't, th- I can't remember a podcast where you haven't released talked about a new paper. Yeah, it's, it's been going pretty well quickly, yeah. very good. At least I left science when I did. There's no way I could keep up with this. <laughs> Uh, this Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to be playing in a cricket semi-final. Boring. <laughs> well done, Cameron. No, this is exciting. Uh, and so I've been struggling with a calf injury recently, so I'm, unfortunately, I'm probably not going to be able to bowl. Oh, so, that's a loss. I'm, to so the I'm hoping team. to make as many runs as possible. 
Uh, and I just wanted to quickly say that Spock suck. Uh, and the Grange <laughs> rules, and we're going to kick their asses uh, on the weekend. Ooh, I like this. This is this is so that one's out there. Uh, no, this is a feisty. Uh, this is feisty news. athletic yeah. talk. I like it. And Sport then uh, while I'm here, uh, actually, I've got a sample to give to Renee. Oh, uh, and so oh. this sample's from another guy who made it. He asked me to give to Renee, so I'm yeah. just going to do that now. Uh, <laughs> and just so you know that um, uh, through scientific integrity and the Vancouver Convention. I'm now authorized to be an author on any publication <laughs> that, comes, that comes from this thing that I'm passing across. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. I've just received the sample. <laughs> so we might say what the sample is because some people might think sample means something else. Yeah, it's not like a wank sample. <laughs> well, it is in one of those jars, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what exactly is the sample? Um. It's some kind of yellow solution. I don't know. You're gonna have yeah. to ask. You're gonna have to ask Tom what it what it is because yeah. I don't know if it's hazardous or not. It's some sort of uh, quantum dot, but it's not my work, so I'll just pass it on to the next person. Oh, and you're also and then, then and I'll entitled be the to be author. Also can author. I hold it for a bit and then I'll, I can be on it? Yes. No, no. Yes, it's coming to me. Every I'm holding it. <laughs> right now we. Don't give it to fucking Chris Gibson. No He's not on it. He's I've not looked on it. at it, so that's enough for me. <laughs> Now we've got feedback from listeners. Oh, last podcast or two podcasts ago, number 25. Yeah, our quarter centenary celebration. Quarter centenary. We had a competition and the competition was, Christopher Gibson, what? Oh, the competition was I said a bunch of stuff in binary and the people out there had to uh, work out what that was. Now, when we talked about this, I thought, (laughs) who the fuck is going to listen to Chris Gibson go... Zero one 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 zero zero zero, and then put it into like the computer, and then push translate in yeah. whatever binary thing they can find, right? Or maybe someone out there can just like understand just it binary. like a language. Oh, that would be way better. But unbelievably, we have a winner. <laughs> yeah, we have someone. I didn't think that could be possible. I thought that that game was just for us. No. No, I, just, no. I just said that to make Chris shut up about saying things in binary. <laughs> no. I knew it would. I knew it because I know that people out there need to hear my voice and what I have to say, and I knew that they'd do it. Well, and here it is. He says, and this is from Paul G on the forum. Hi there, P poppers. This is about your great binary code <laughs> quiz in the latest episode. The code T Bone Red was. I can't believe he's using. It's T-bone catching on. Well. It's no. catching on. Paul, you're Thank disqualified you. because of that. Yeah. Thank you, Paul G. All right. Uh, so you read this. Zero one 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 zero 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 one 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 zero. Anyway, you get it. You did it wrong, Gibbo. Yeah, yeah. I got it completely. Apparently, wrong. what you said translates to <laughs> P X. Z, capital U with an umlaut. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually P, PX7 umlaut. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got that completely wrong, but I knew as I was reading it out that I had it wrong. So but then he have says, we, Have we checked that this guy got it right? Well, He's right, because I, I, I know what I, was, what I typed in. Yeah, so he says, Although I think he meant to say, zero, one, 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 and then he gives the actual one you were meant yeah, to say, Gibbo. Yeah. So not only is he one the award for getting it right he's translated you appropriately yep and it translates to drum roll p-pop p-pop yeah yeah 
Yeah. Wow. Well that done. is impressive because the only letter I got right was P. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and they worked out that there's four letters. The first letter is P. It's obviously X7 and umlaut aren't correct. They worked <laughs> out it was be a U umlaut. I oh, sorry, U umlaut. Yeah. Umlaut. So yeah. that is doubly impressive and they're going to get an extra prize for that. Uh, so he says, you are very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Uh, I'm happy to receive the prize. What is it? Please, no hand-signed copy of one of Gibbo's papers. I already have one somewhere. Yeah. I believe they might have received one during Cameron's wedding from me. I have never seen someone so confused. Kate said to me when you walked up to this group of, of, I assume Paul's German, but you walk up to him and you hand him some AFM cantilevers and your papers. Kate said she's never seen anyone so confused. Mm. No, that's a cultural misconception. Uh, when Germans are confused, they look confused, that's actually adoration. Oh, oh they were nervous. Yeah. They were yeah. nervous. Yeah. So okay. I believe the prize was a T-shirt signed by you, Gibbo. Oh, yep. shit. Is that what we said? I think it was. And I understand that now you're a freeloader. You can't... Freelancer. Free- <laughs> <laughs> you can't afford it. I will gladly pay the $25 for Paul G. Well Paul done, G. Paul G. Round of applause G. for Paul G. Yeah. That's impressive. The topic for the day is from our forum. It's going off. Andymatter.net. Andymatter.net. This forum's going fucking off. It's amazing. <laughs> Andymatter.net. Andymatter.net. And our topic is from Bumblebees. Thanks, Bumblebees. Bumblebees. Thank you. Bumblebees. <laughs> Bumblebees. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, actually, it starts with not a question. It's like existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. It's like a That's warning. deep. Yeah. Wanting to be good at everything means never having time to be really good at anything. Mm -hmm. Is there a space for the jack of all trades or should they just go to work a part-time job in a school and give up dreams of scientific adequacy? Or can you be a scientist and still have a weekend is the paraphrased version of that. Let's take the first one. Can you be a jack of all trades in science? Or do you really need to focus in on one thing and fucking do it? I think you can be either. I don't think you can be both. But I don't really know when you need to choose which one you're going to be. Um, so I think that the, the jack of all trades is kind of handy for collaboration. Mm-hmm. Because like someone like Chris, uh, who's who isn't a jack of all trades, he's a cantilever calibration guy. Thank you. Yeah, you've got uh, literally one thing you do. <laughs> There's not a lot of people. There's there's not a lot of people. In fact, there's Chris Sader. Chris Sader. Only, only one person who asks him for help. What's his actual first name? John, uh, John Sader. John, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Sader is the only person. Uh, and so I think that a jack of all trades is probably better for job applications. Mm. So if you're, say, applying for a position, the chance that this a position comes up with your exact field is quite low. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're a jack of all trades, you kind of you can scatter gun it a bit more, and you you're more likely to fit into another position. Yeah, I was gonna say no, but I think I can see Cameron's point. So yeah, I agree both. But, but why were you gonna <laughs> yeah. say no? But which oh, one? Which one do you think is <clears throat> is more suited for science? For yeah, science? for science, I think it's um, you'd have to have a particular niche in something to 
have a group and have a research group that you can then grow. So mm. I don't think um, a biologist can be a, a chemist and a physicist at the same time. I think you'd, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I think probably at the postdoc level, being a jack of all trades is, is handy. You've got a much better chance of getting jobs if you've got, you know, expertise in a lot of different areas. But once you establish a group, you do have to kind of focus then a bit and into a sort of niche area. And I think it gets really, really specialised as well. Yeah. People end up working in really, really specialised areas. Well, having just gone from science research to to whatever I do now, um, <laughs> which is apparently wank and watch Netflix, but <laughs> um, like one thing I found is that when I was a scientist, people loved to put me in the scientist box. So I was writing a lot and I was sending off pictures even while I was a, a, a scientist and they went he's a scientist so we, it's almost uh, like we won't take him seriously yeah like oh. he's a scientist he's in that box he's and not then, a communicator he's not a communicator he's not one of us right then all of a sudden i go to this conference and i'm fucking i'm i'm just like carpet bombing cards through this crowd like pew pew and they go oh so you've left research and i'm like yes i've left research and now i've moved from my scientist box into my communicator box and then all of a sudden i'm getting emails inviting me to like communicate get-togethers and okay. all that sort of stuff right yeah so i think hmm. so being specialized yeah. means that someone can put you in that box when they want so people don't understand the intricacies of another person you know like they like to go that person is blah uh -huh. and having a special specialism yeah specialization, specialization. thank you very much <laughs> words I do this for a living. <laughs> you write them. I, write them. Yeah, yeah. I don't speak them. That's good. Um, but yeah, having a specialization means that, oh, that's that guy. If I need AFM, I'll go to John Sader. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Chris Gibson. <laughs> He's a theoretician. He wouldn't be able to turn and one for on. For some reason, Cameron, when I think of you, it's like batteries. Yeah, but I don't but work with batteries. But you don't work with batteries. Yeah. It's because you've had a couple of high-profile battery... Science, science communication articles. Yeah. Doing better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and Renee, when I think of you, it's like DNA and AFM for some reason. Yeah, thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's partly my fault. So, yeah, so I think a specialization um, just makes makes it easier to be for, for people to know what you do. Okay. Yeah. I guess I was trying to think like. Who in science do I know that kind of is very specialised and who is a bit of a jack-of-all-trades? And Most high-up academics I sort of do see is quite specialised, but then there are a few I know that like are experts in a technique. Sure. Like we've got Alan Pring here who's an expert in X-ray diffraction, and so I think he ends up working on lots of different kinds of projects because of that, because of that technique. Yeah. So in a way, he does pick up a lot of knowledge about other areas. Yeah just by virtue of, of his expertise in that area. And so he does end up a little bit of a – he does have a main area that he does work in, mm. but I definitely know he's got expertise or he's got knowledge of other areas, mainly through this technique. But what's better, to have a specialization and then collaborate with people to expand that knowledge, or is it best to have that, that skill and then sort of dabble? Should you dabble on your own without collaborators? Ooh, I think these days you need collaborators. Yeah? Yeah. Renee? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think you need that resource. You need those people who have who have expertise in that area. Mm. 
and a lot of the big papers you'll see people on, it, it's it's a mishmash of people from different research areas. If you're on your own doing it, I'm not I'm not sure I know of anyone who's really done that successfully. Well, yeah, Thoughts? maybe my idea of jack of all trades was still relatively uh, narrow. So I wasn't okay. really thinking chemistry, physics, and biology. Yeah. I was more, say, thinking of myself where maybe my specialty is nanomaterials yeah. and then I would branch between the different applications they can be used in. Um, and so that's probably still quite specialised to other people looking out, but maybe mm. I'm, I think I'm more broad than most people. Yeah. Well, maybe not most, but some. Like Chris, I'm more special, <laughs> more more broad than Chris. Maybe. But even Chris, you are an AFM expert, but you're doing samples for people in biology, mm. physics, and chemistry. And Raman, and Raman. So yes, so because I have expertise in those instruments, I do end up working on a bunch of different papers and different areas, like the one with Renee, for example. <laughs> like, you know. Uh, Was Chris on that I have paper to look, that you yeah, just... The one we talked about before, yeah, the one yeah. I mentioned before. I can't remember. But I have, I'd sure. have to go back and read that paper to remember what it's about. Well, your, your name shouldn't be on it then. There's some silver Your name shouldn't be on it then. It's just, <laughs> yeah. And there's it's some not, lipid It's layers. not good enough. You yeah. should know every paper. You should know the details. I'm going to write paper. to Scopus and correct it like you wrote to Scopus to yeah, correct we're gonna the get, citation. <gasps> I'm going to try this week to get some citations removed from you. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm actually speechless. <laughs> I can't speak. Your face is red. I'm not sure if it's because it's so hot in here or because you, you're so angry. It's a bit of both. Oh. <laughs> Andy, please no. I've got all Scopus, the time in the world. Scopus is all I live for. Mm. And my two kids and my wife. <laughs> Hopefully not in that order. Don't have a dog. <laughs> yeah. So on the subject of, say, making your own group and specializing or not. Yeah. Um, so I went to, to China. Um about a year ago now, and mm -hmm. the idea was to collaborate with other mid-career researchers who had just started their own group. Yeah. And each of them kind of told me, like, I have this project, this project, and this project. And so they'd always have three projects, everyone I spoke to. Wow. And then they would be, they would be very specialized themselves, but they wouldn't necessarily overlap with the other one. Mm. So mm. Um, the idea of the jack-of-all-trades, like maybe you're the jack of three trades kind of maximum according to this Chinese mid-career research and model. Yeah. And all of those guys were really successful mm. um, publishing in the best journals like on those three topics. Yeah. And to, to publish in your natures mm. or your uh, chem reviews. No, I'm just trying to think of ones <laughs> I've published in. Now. <laughs> uh, you've no. got to really be at the top of the game. Yeah. Renee, would you consider yourself a jack of all trades? Um, in the same sort of level as Cameron, sure. Yeah, so we do lots of different things within our group. So in the NAN group, we have a variety of projects, but we make sure that we get the collaborators. We need to maximise our output mm. and get the specialised techniques rather than doing them ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, we we really want those collaborations to better our science. Yeah. Yeah. And where, where you are at the moment, Renee, is there a, a path to permanency that, that you, you sort of, you can see that you're on? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, yeah, like I mean, I've got funding last year for three years, and Ooh. I'm applying for some more this year. They have a fast start, which is a bit like the Decra in Australia. Oh. So Ooh. if I get that, that will be basically so you're setting up saying my lab. you could potentially have a permanent position <laughs> potentially. Oh. <laughs> and you got to do a, a noise for getting grant funding. <laughs> oh, lovely grants! 
Give me the money. You can work on that one. Give me the money's better. <laughs> Show me the money. The yeah. other one's too similar to all the giveaway ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're probably the only person in this room that genuinely spans biology and nanomaterials or material science. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely more nanomaterials than yeah. bio, but um, I do try and give um, that sort of bridge to the chemistry and the biological department, especially where we are now where there's a bit of a divide. <gasps> But yeah, so hopefully. you're the one person that's laid across that division. I'd like to think so, and but I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> people are walking on top of you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, one of the sort of other questions is then: Do we get a weekend? Can you be a scientist and still have a weekend? Yes, <laughs> I think so. And I think because um, back oh, probably ten years ago or something, the scientists were working all every day, all day. But more and uh, more, you see now that the um, successful ones do have that weekend and they sort of make sure that they don't well, all the ones I know don't answer emails on the weekend and yeah so they're sort of developing that lifestyle now and giving it to their young, the younger generation of scientists so mm. I think yes that's good mm. that's really is good. that normal so is this only a recent thing is, is every scientist that you've been sort of or I say successful or sort of higher up scientists have they always been that good um, I think the ones that I've worked with, I don't know if that's just by accident that I've picked to work with them, but no. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, weekends. Uh, yeah. Oh, look, you can definitely have weekends. I mean, my issue is probably not having weekends. I find most of the outside of work hours I do is midweek. So I try and keep my weekends as free as possible, but I do find myself doing a lot of work once I get home and before I go to bed, say, from Monday to, to Friday, that's when I find I do a lot of extra hours. Mm. But, but you know, the, you do that so you don't have to do any work on weekends. Yeah. And I am guilty of sending people emails outside of work hours, but I don't expect a response. Okay. If I send yeah. an email outside of work hours, I don't expect people to respond to me till mm. the next day if it's a work day or if it's a weekend, you know, the, the next working day. Yeah. But yep. the response you're really fishing for is, oh, he's working late. Yeah. <laughs> That's the response yeah. you want. Yeah. I'm going to set up an auto reply so that if I receive an email from outside, like at like from midnight till 5 a.m., it's going to automatically send a reply going, oh, you're working late. And it's going to be an audio of me saying yeah. that. Ooh. I mean, I had, a, I had a thing recently where I was doing some corrections on a paper and, and Cameron's involved in it and I, I did loads of work on it. And I copied it on a memory stick, took it home and the fucking memory stick didn't work and I'd really planned to do a load on it and send a really late email that you would have been on and you'd looked at it and gone oh Gibbo's working really late Uh, that's impressive that's what you get for writing your emails in word first (laughs) (laughs) who does that it's a bit weird one person I know (laughs) all right Cameron weekends uh so I think yes you can work weekends and uh of course some people don't they would work like crazy hours but the problem is that hours worked doesn't really equal net output mm. like there's there is a law of diminishing returns there where you get tired and you make a mistake and you ruin everything you're doing yeah um but also uh working on weekends i do do sometimes and i kind mm. of think of it that the flexibility that i have to say it's three o'clock on a wednesday afternoon right now and we're, we're making a podcast. Actually, I'm the only one not being paid for this. <laughs> I realize I'm so annoyed. And so the flexibility that I take for that, or yeah. if, you know, if someone has one of my wife or I have to put the car 
Ooh, your wife. I'll never get used to that. Ooh. <laughs> I hope you do eventually. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I, you'll, I'll always consider you mine, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think it was going to go there. <laughs> he went there. So if one of us has to take the car to get a tune-up or something, it's me who does that and yeah. then we'll work from home or not work that day. Yeah. But then it comes back that sometimes I'll work late or I on mean, weekends. I assume, Renee, as well, and, and Andy, you, you would remember this. In, when you're working at university, you have some flexibility. Oh, yeah. Like if there's an emergency, same with my family, if there's an emergency and it's on a day that my my wife's working – then it's typically me who's going to move the schedule around because you kind of can do that in in yeah. science at a university, you know. Yeah. If you've got some emergency banking to do, car to fix, shopping, blah, blah, blah. I'm getting bored now listening to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but good. You know, I'm pleased I'm not the only one. <laughs> but um, you know what I mean. We, I that, that's mean. one good thing about working at a I university. Mean, one thing that, that I and Cameron, you don't have experience of, is having young children, like sh- like. Being a scientist with young children, I imagine that you you're much more careful with spending time with family. You know, like for me, if I want to come into the if I want to come in the lab or do work, it I don't it doesn't really impact anyone other than mm-hmm. me. But if you've got young kids, then all of a sudden you've got I don't know you're kind of putting a little bit more pressure on your partner to look after the kids or. You know, it's just nice to spend time with your children, I imagine. Yeah, I think we've become more efficient too as parents. Like you can only, you, if you dawdle around and have a coffee with someone, yeah, you're going to miss out on that family time. So mm. I find that I'm highly more efficient than what I used to be. Ooh, it yeah. stops procrastination a bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You should have a kid, Cameron. <laughs> I've got a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't mention that. How many children do you have? I've got two. I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So, Whoa. Yeah. Yep, so two under five. <laughs> Fantastic. And the names? Uh, Evan and Ella. So I brought Evan with me across the ditch because uh, he's still a bit young. Oh. So. Well, shout out to Evan and Ella. Yeah. yeah. Yay. I got it right. Very I was good. like, oh, no, I'm going to get their names <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Renee's absolutely correct. I think when I found out my wife was pregnant, it definitely focused me on my career a lot more. Yeah. A lot more. And the, and the other thing, I, I, I if I do work outside of hours midweek, I don't do anything until they're in bed asleep. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And there are loads of hours between 8 p.m. and 6 a.m. the next morning, loads of hours to get things done. Mm. But if you do that too many nights in a row, you sort of start falling asleep at midday. Look, if I go to bed at 11, I'm a bit fucked the next day. Oh, Honestly, yeah. me and Kate talk about this all the time. Like the other the other night, Sophie broke into her food. This is the dog. <laughs> <laughs> broke into her food and ate herself to sickness right <laughs> she was massive and when we got home we didn't realize she had eaten it and we fed her again uh, <laughs> and she ate it of course she ate it, yeah but i was like why is she not really into that and then she vomited and we we're like oh fuck she she's got into her food yeah so we let her sleep at the end of our bed and all night we didn't sleep because we, we would just hear her going Oh, like, oh, and I didn't get a wink of sleep because, and also she farted and it woke me up, like it yeah. stunk. But, and I thought that was one night and it wasn't even that bad. She can look after herself. I didn't have to get up. I, it just, I was a little bit unsettled. Mm-hmm. That was a mess the next day. I can't imagine what it's like with kids. Well, it's like that, except it happens for years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every night. Number four this year. So. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, it, we were talking about this just at lunchtime, in fact. I mean, parents naturally end up talking about lack of sleep mm. at some point because it's a big thing you have in common. And it is hard. I mean, it is really difficult when you're constantly tired and you do get irritable. I do get a bit cranky sometimes. 
um, you know, with students when they're asking me stupid questions and I've had three <laughs> hours sleep the night before. Yeah. So it does impact, yeah. but but it's, yeah, it's a weird thing. It, it, the, the lack of sleep impacts your work, but you are definitely more focused. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. you got limited patience because you spent it all on kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Renaud, I, yeah. I guess like, this is an interesting topic. It's something we can't talk about. Recently, Tanya Monroe put together a, a fund for mums, science mums. Okay. Essentially, it's a, it's a grant they can apply for, for anything that will help them balance career and being a mum. How have you found balancing a scientific career and being a mum? Uh, I think definitely the hardest thing is the leave that you have to take to have a baby. So guys don't really need to do that. They have maybe just a bit after. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was probably the hardest. Yeah. And childcare obviously is, uh, but that's the same with guys as well. Yeah. <laughs> so how long did you have off? Uh, with the first one, I had about six to nine months, um, and I wrote up my thesis during that time, so it wasn't really time off. Okay. Wrote my PhD thesis, and wow. then the second one was six months off, but that's when I moved to New Zealand and wrote a paper. So again, really not that time off, but so it's, it seems like it helped you writing. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> also was sleeping, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I do find like especially with the McDermott Institute, they are trying to um, make sure that there's more sort of equal sort of um, waiting for men and women. So, for example, yeah. at the recent conference at AM8 in Queenstown, they um, offered uh, childcare services. So, oh, yeah, two families wow, with, yeah, two families, including myself, used that. So that was pretty pretty brilliant, I thought. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like you have been, disadvantaged, like the, the way the science system is set up is has disadvantaged you taking time off to, to for maternity leave? Um, not at the moment because most grants do have that leave of absence that you can add so you can okay. uh, still apply for them. But yeah, yeah, I suppose as in the trajectory of my science career, it's sort of remained same, the same. But yep. yeah, I'm just making up for it now. That's good, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, and, and so it was either now or later. So most people wait until they're older. Sure. So I think I've taken it at the right time, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, no, mm. absolutely. But did you feel like, I don't know, the science field or something flew past you while you were away or yeah. was it easy enough to, to kind of get back into the swing? Um, and Yeah, I suppose it depends on how long you take off. But, yeah, there was, you know, some catching up. And you felt like I think this is any mum that goes back to work. <laughs> they feel like they're out of, they're <laughs> out of the loop. Yeah, okay. starting from scratch. But, yeah, you soon catch up. All right. What advice would you give to any, let's say, a PhD-level scientist who has got the aspirations to be a scientist and a mum mm-hmm. at the same time. Is there any kind of like mm. pearls of wisdom that you, you have for them? <laughs> feel quite honoured about this. But yeah, so I guess um, I wouldn't, I've always had this mantra that I'm not going to base my career um, or my family on my career. So I've always done my family first and the career second. So mm. I don't, I didn't wait around. I was told a few times that maybe I should go somewhere else. <gasps> um, but I'm not going to say names or anything. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I just stuck with it. So if yeah. that's what you want to do, do it and don't. Um, make other people happy. Just make yourself. So, what do you mean by, by somewhere else? Like, like do a postdoc at a different university no, or something um, like that? Do a different career. Oh, okay. Oh, oh really? Yeah, because wow. I wanted a family. I had a had one child, and I wanted another one. And I see. Oh, maybe you should do a more family friendly career. Oh, <laughs> wow. But um, they meant well, and all the rest of it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I guess maybe maybe a, a lot of what's happened in science is maybe just a recent change. Yeah, you know what you're talking about now. That that because when when you fill out grant applications, they do have sections where you can put in, um, you know your your yeah, research right. output. If there's been any, re- they, they don't say mother, you know, being yeah. a mother, but they always say if is there any reason, yeah. 
why your output may not may have been sluggish over a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And it could be because, you know, you're having a child or carers leave or something like that. So I think they're trying to get some more flexibility into yeah. the system. Yeah, and it is. It's really good that way. Yeah. The only other thing I would say, especially in Australia and New Zealand, is you do have to travel a lot. So that's one thing to consider. Yeah. And it's quite hard. So I always try and take my youngest with me, but, you know, sometimes I just have to cancel. Yeah. 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 So cool. any so now we've talked to the PhD students. <laughs> I always feel like scientists are really good at just saying these these things and like, oh yeah, we'll give you a box that you can fill in so you can say that you had a kid. But I, for me, there's always this little thing like, are they the box is there, but do they give it the weighting it deserves? Yeah, you know, like it. Do they? <sighs> Like all the grey-haired men who read the grown applications. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Do they, they really understand care? what this box means? Yeah. Or is it just you uh, there for, for you to write stuff? But so to the policymakers then, what would help what what would help science uh, what would help women in science? What could they oh, do? I think um, uh, just having more available childcare for one. Yeah. So not only uh, maybe some subsidised childcare, because um, I still have to pay for the childcare that my son is booked into while I'm away. Okay. So, and then I pay for childcare here if I put him in or have family member. But yep. yeah, so definitely childcare and making childcare available at the um, traveling conferences and workshops. Okay. Yeah. So the fact that, I mean, travel really is expected yeah. here. And so right now you're paying double childcare for your youngest child. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's important for families as well, not just for females. Family in general. Yeah, so. yeah, that's very I didn't true. Realize I don't know anything about childcare. So <laughs> I'm learning. I do have a small anecdote. I do know do an it. old grey-haired man who was on the College of Experts for the ARC, mm. and I was talking to them about this sort of thing. And, and that one particular person did say they took it really seriously. Good. They said that that and that that was for anyone, even if a father had, because I wanted to put down in one of my grant applications that. I was a new dad and blah, blah. And the other people on the grant were like, oh, you can't do that. They'll look down on you and think it's stupid. And this person said, no way. Said, you know, they thought that that was really important that someone would put family as as something that might impede their progress mm. because it's necessary. You have to look after family first. Yep. Yeah. Don't yeah. say family first in Australia. It doesn't <laughs> <work>. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, excellent. Last little bit from Bumblebee. They say, also, what are you all wearing? Oh, um, I'm wearing a mankini. Oh, Chris, I was going to bring that up. Everyone seen um, Borat, you know, at the very start when he wears that. Is it a mankini? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I'm wearing a mankini. Beautiful. Is that underneath that, is it? All right, I'll actually describe what I'm wearing. Should I? Yeah, do it. This is what the people want, Chris. what they asked for. I'm naked. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wearing a green Irish Euro Cup soccer shirt. And is this khaki or green? Just green <laughs> knee-length shorts. It looks blue. No, it's... it's Your shirt's of, green. Yeah, shirt's green, but the colour of the shorts are kind of greenish. Hold on, I'll stand up and the guys can look at me. <laughs> oh, that's... It's blue, isn't it? Uh, I, I don't think that's green. It's grey-green? Yeah. Grey-green. Grey, Grey-blue-green. Just discovered them. <laughs> Colorblind. <laughs> um, You're in cargo shorts. Th- cargo shorts, yeah. Huh? Three-year-old trainers and white socks. Perfect. Cameron, you're looking sharp today. Look very golfy. Oh, actually, the brand new shirt, first time I've worn Ooh, it. It's looking sweet. Uh, so I'm wearing a, a collared polo shirt, uh, uh, blue and blue and white. I mean, my shirt's got um, a collar too, by oh, the way. Oh, be quiet. Yeah, you've had your go. <laughs> I've got blue shorts on and I'm wearing uh, sneakers and socks. Uh, everyone knows, no, I hope, 
They're, our, they're brown. Your shorts are brown. Uh, maybe I am colour blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's brown. Uh, so my fashion advice is always what's acceptable. Yeah. Uh, so sneakers and jeans, acceptable. Sneakers and chinos, acceptable. Sneakers and shorts, acceptable. And that's what I'm wearing today. So Perfect. everything's acceptable? What's unacceptable? Clown Sneak. shoes. <laughs> clown shoes in uh, your skirt. cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Renee. You don't have to answer this, but what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like red, we've gone red carpet now. We have, yeah, yeah. Who are you, <laughs> Who wearing, are you wearing? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, I would like to say a, a lab coat, but it's too hot in here. <laughs> but yeah, I guess a grease-inspired black pants and off-shoulder shirt with some shoes. Closed in, of course. I'll tell you what, you have brought some class to that <laughs> yeah, question. That, and I'm wearing jeans and a T-shirt. Yeah. Ba-ba! And that is, yeah, a, what is that? Like, Andy's that made is a the green swap. shirt, isn't it? Green, Andy, gray, green. Freelancer uniform for Andy. doesn't wear button-up shirts anymore. No, fuck that. None of that for me anymore, <laughs> losers. <laughs> Our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. Today, the Science This topic is making friends. Making friends. Making friends. Making friends. I have had the situation where I moved to a new city knowing no one. Mm-hmm. And I had to make friends. Yeah. Was that you moved to Adelaide? Moved to Adelaide. You, you know you did come with, um, with someone. With Kate? Yeah. Well, she's kind of a friend. But I don't think she likes hanging out with me very much. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I had to find friends and I wanted to find friends as quickly as possible. And the only way to do that is to invite yourself to everything people are doing. Mm. So I went to... The a, only way. The only way. Okay. So I, I went to a pub and I saw I met someone and I thought, I want to be his friend. Or I want him to be my friend. And I thought, right, I'm going to speak to him. So I spoke to him. Then I ended up hanging out with him for for a little bit. And he said, I'm actually heading off to the cinema. And I said, excellent. What time should I be there? Oh. And he went, oh, it's quite soon. You probably won't make it. (laughs) And I said, no, no, no. I'll definitely make it. Uh, wow. Yeah. I've I seen know. movies with starting like this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's usually a, a boy and a girl, but mm. uh, in this case, it's it's friends. Yes. Welcome to Dumpsville, population you. Whoa. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> Jesus. I've been waiting to use that for years. That's off the <laughs> so I got on my bike. I rode home very quickly to see Kate and I burst in the door and I said, Kate. <laughs> you burst into tears. Yeah. <laughs> I nearly. We have a friend, right? And oh, then is this, did you go to the movies? Went and then we had like ten minutes to get there, and we were on our bikes. And I didn't know how big Adelaide was. Luckily, it's flat, and we were on the wrong side of the city. So he's like, first, I said, like, you got two minutes to get ready. Let's go. And she got ready, and we went anyway. And these people ended up being our best friends in Adelaide, right? So how you science it is you go to a pub. And you listen. You listen in secretly to people's conversations. You then choose who you are going to target. Right? (laughs) And then you go speak to them. And then you try to make plans right there and then. All right. For the next time you're going to see them, you mean? Whatever they're doing after the pub, that's now what you're doing. What if they're just going home to bed? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what you're doing. Wow. You try this with a load of people. And then whoever says, yes, you can come to bed with me, 
<laughs> is now your friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you've got to be persistent and have no shame because if someone said yeah. to me, I don't think you're going to make it in time, I'd take that as a, like, sorry. Like, yeah, you're this right. I probably wouldn't. This, uh, this ain't working out. That's, yeah. that's their way of saying it's not on. All right, who wants to go next? I will. Go on, then. I thought you were going to play jumping on me. Again. <laughs> <laughs> you still friends with that person? Yes, Jamie. Saxophone Jamie. You oh. met saxophone Jamie? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, so. he's much cooler than you. Thank much, you. much, much. I'll take cooler. that as my, as my awesome ability to make Jamie, friends. Jamie, if you're listening, you, yeah. you, you had your chance to shed him. <laughs> you really did. It just didn't work, did it? No. Mm. Oh, well. Cameron, over to you. Uh, all right. Stop hosting, Cameron, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so, uh, of course, I want to win at making friends. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to find a thing of, to make the most friends. Okay. So this is quite easy, like in primary school, because all you need to do to have the most friends is have a pool in, uh, in Australia in particular. Absolutely. You have a pool or you have a lot of money and you just buy people lollies. Yeah. And then you're getting a lot of me. friends. Yeah. As a scientist, it's a bit more complicated. So how mm. do you make the most science friends? Mm. That's what I'm going for. And so there I think that I'm kind of more getting ideas of what don't I like about other scientists and then you do the opposite. Mm. So it's sharing ideas and sharing knowledge, not being like secretive about what you're doing or hiding the truth sometimes in the ways that you do things. Yep. Uh, you're listening to others, but you're not. when you're listening to them, you're not trying to find flaws in what they're saying. So I hate it when I'm explaining something to someone and then they're always just like waiting for the me to take a breath and then they'll just say, but you haven't done this yet. Or Chris saying, but you haven't done the control experiment yet. Mm. Or Chris going, hi, I'm Chris Gibson. Did I tell you about myself recently? <laughs> I do that all the time. And that's another way. <laughs> so I suppose if you do see a, a flaw in someone's science, instead yeah. you say, have you thought about this? Or um, how can you prove that? this doesn't happen or this does happen. Mm. Um, what I really hate is just the confident dismissal of other people's work. Mm. Because... Preach it. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. So, have, you, have you been in that situation where someone's just sort of, you've said what you're doing and someone's just been like, it won't work? Or, yeah, or that was done 20 years ago. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, a lot of times people would say that kind of thing to me and then I say, well, hang on a minute, just keep waiting while I explain it to you and I'll tell you how you're wrong in a minute. <laughs> yeah, you're like that. Yeah, yeah. Hit arrogance back with arrogance. That's what you do. Well done, Cameron. Well, that's the only way you can defeat arrogance, isn't it? Mm. All right. Now, making friends. It's uh, You include them in publications like what Renee's going to do with this sample I passed Thank over you, to Renee. her earlier on. And the one I held. <laughs> yeah, and I Chris, looked at Chris is not included. I looked at it. <laughs> Uh, you'd include them in grants. I mean, that's probably the major mm. like oh. friendship-making mm. lolly that you can offer someone. Absolutely. That is the swimming pool of, because you of can't, science. Yeah, the swimming pool of science. <laughs> uh, you're offering assistance without the expectation of, of reward. So that's Jesus. not what I did before when I passed uh, Renee over the... <laughs> I'm expecting a, an award for doing that, reward. Um not dumping dead-ended, dead-end projects on people or giving them salvage jobs to achieve. Mm. So yes. Chris, captain yeah. of the salvage crew here at Flinders, often has to uh, revive dead-end projects. Yes, I have put on my miner's hat many a time and <laughs> salvage things and students have passed their degrees as a result. You have helped out with that a number of times yourself, Cameron. Yep, yep. And yep. I would say Renee and Andy have definitely been have salvaged 
some students' projects in the past. You just shout at them until they just <laughs> keep doing it until it works. Is that what you do? No, no, I just do it for them. <laughs> That's way easier. <laughs> Whatever's quicker, I think, is what matters. Whatever is quicker, yeah. And sometimes just doing it is quicker. Mm. Yeah, that is true. My final thing on for science is you don't waste the other person's time. Uh, and so long, pointless meetings I hate where people just talk, like circle talk without anything actually positive coming out of it really is just a waste of time. And sometimes these meetings go for hours. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, and then uh, wasting time also like redundant suggestions. So people telling you, hey, no one's done this before without actually knowing if if it's novel or if it's a good idea or not. Yeah. Um, just kind of vibing science, I think, is something that people should avoid. Vibing <laughs> science, I love yeah. it. And you don't mean vibrating science. Well. <laughs> you mean like like... Just, just like going with gut, go. just gut feeling science. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not really a gut feel topic. It's more of a knowledge topic, isn't it? It is a little bit, yeah. Some facts usually are involved. Uh, yeah, all right, too. so all those things would make you a science friend. And then, of course, science friends is also great if you're a friend with interests outside of science. Oh, God, you uh, really... And so you're also then discussing things other than science and you find a common interest with each other and discussing those things. Like what? All right, come on, quickly. Do it. Talk with, be friends with Renee. Go. Oh, so Renee, you got any pets? Yeah, I've got a dog. Oh, cool. Me too. Oh, awesome. <laughs> what type of dog do you have? A Labrador Retriever. <gasps> Mine's a Labrador as well. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Oh How my God, yours? now you're friends. We are friends. <laughs> you're actually witnessing Best a friendship friends. forming as we speak, except they're already friends. Yeah. Cameron, you're amazingly good at that. I'll show you photos of my dog afterwards. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Reggie. All right, be friends with me. Go. You got a dog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, big fans of Chris, go. Um, crap. Uh, you like movies? No, ask me if I got a dog. <laughs> I know you don't have one. No, I don't. We can't be friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so I follow those uh, mantra, yep. and that's why I have the most science friends in in this room. No, incorrect. <laughs> I've got. <laughs> You're not sure how to back that up. No. You just said that instinctively. I just yeah. wanted to be argumentative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't guarantee. I mean, you, you could have more science friends than me. It's possible. Oh, you've got international science friends, like proper ones. Yeah, like Paul G. I do too. <laughs> I do. I've got uh, English science friends. No, 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 don't uh, say it. From where? From no. <laughs> from where, Chris? From, no, from where? Which, which university? Oh, from Cambridge. Cambridge. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Jeez, I can't believe I didn't bring that up. University uh, of Cambridge. I don't think there's been a podcast without that Yeah, word. well, there nearly was. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Make sure you keep that in for us, Andy. Yeah. All right, Gibbo. Oh, it's me. All right. So, science this. Making friends. The making part is crucial. So it's about yeah. making you're inventing friends. Fr- you're, you're creating inventing <laughs> matter transfer machine. The operating, w- the operative word here is making, or I interpret that as manufacturing. Good. Yep. Gibbo clones. Yep, you need this. Oh, Gibbo God, clones again. We're gonna have Gibbo clones. Who better to be my friend than me? And loads of me. Look, we know what you would do with yourself, and it's not pretty. No, that's what you'd do. <laughs> we talked about this already. <laughs> How to do this. Now, do we genetically clone my biological material and then somehow transplant my memories into the, the, the clones? Mm. That could take a long time. 
Or we could do my matter transporter idea, teleport a copy of myself and just do loads and loads of them yeah. and that would be an exact duplicate of me, uh -huh. my sort of energy matter signature. We could do that. Or we could make you know, artificial intelligence robots versions of me. All those three ideas yeah. would be great. Which yeah. would be the best friends. Well, you got, you, got a, you got a fourth option. No, no, I reject that. I am, <laughs> I am actually going to kind of answer that as well. Would I want them to be exactly like me? I think you would. Yeah, you, I you tell the you same would. stories a lot. No, I want them to be exactly like me, but not quite as good. But then they'll just be friends with each other and not you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. You'd, be, you'd be snobby gibbo. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Shit. All right. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. We would need to tweak the genetic matrix so that it wouldn't be as good as me. And that wouldn't annoy them so much. I love it when some, like a physicist, tries to delve into biology a little bit, and they're like, "Let's change the genetic." Oh shit! I need a sciencey word. Matrix. Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good enough. Yeah. So, um, so I, I have to, I, you know, I don't want them to be quite as good as me. I want to be sort of superior to them, yeah. but at the same time, Renee is quite correct. I don't want them to reject me based on my superiority. Yeah. And I think. Oh, I've got it. What is it? Right, they're like a little bit more stupid than you. Yep. But you can go. Don't worry, everyone. I am like you because, and that's when you get out your little willy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but it's a little bit littler. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. No, 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 no. You're missing. You're getting this all wrong. This is just no. like a helmet. No, I'm massive and they're tiny. No, no. 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 Otherwise, you'd be superior, Chris, with a massive dong. Exactly. Oh. They would be like a king instead of a friend. Oh. <laughs> so, now, so you All have right. to have a little dong and they have to have massive dongs, but be a little <laughs> bit more stupid. All right. Well, I guess I'll have to have some surgery. <laughs> what yeah, to so pry it out of is, your body? I don't, I, don't, I don't like where this has gone. <laughs> I don't think you've made a friend yet in this making friends segment. Well, I'm, I'm, you've made I'm, slaves. I'm trying to manufacture <laughs> manufacture people who like me, <laughs> and I've ended up with a, a micro penis <laughs> somehow. These things happen. Yeah, that's not really how I. Had this what, haven't you watched any movie where someone plays God? It always backfires. Always. Yeah. They always end up with yeah. a micro penis. <laughs> yeah. And there you go, listeners. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Don't play God. I tried, and I ended up with a micropenis. <laughs> but not in real life. <laughs> just in the podcast world that we live in. I can't anyway. wait to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, On that dismal failure, Renee, it's over to you. <laughs> oh, give up. Well done. Yeah. I loved it. All right, Renee, bring it home. I've got to compose myself after that one. Well, I was... Uh, Sort of thinking more of a technical, uh, making sort of an instrument to help us make friends. Ooh, so good. it goes in two directions. It was either Cameron's way of getting the most friends, was it? Yep, yep. yep, yep. Or just trying to be the most successful at making friends with the ones that you com are compatible oh, with. So having like a high friendship rating with yeah. the people that you're friends you with. You have a switch. You can have one or the other. All right. But it's using glasses, virtual reality glasses. Yeah, and what they would do is they would do facial recognition. Um, there's someone in... 
the University of Auckland who's actually made the spatial recognition glasses and it will come up with, it will look at the person, take a photo and it will come up with all their data within the university. Oh, God. So Ooh. it will be able to tap into the internet and get everyone's data and if it can't, it will just work it out as it goes and it will okay. come up with all the likes, the hobbies, what their name is because I always forget, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everything you need to know to be friends with that person and have a talking um I, I guess area or subject uh-huh. to talk about. So, so you'd see if they have a dog, and you'd be, "Hey, I also have a Labrador," because anyone with Labradors love talking about Labradors. Exactly, and it'll be like family, what their wife's name is, what their kid's name is. All right, Renee, for you, if someone was to come up to you and start a topic that's like, "Yes, this person's my friend," what would it be? What would that person have to talk about? Oh, uh, the beach, surfing, or uh, family, <laughs> or science, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> oh, well done for throwing science in there. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get Institute knowing you don't think and love science all the time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Beaches in Wellington. Hmm. Actually, actually, everyone told us there was no surfing in Wellington, and there is a lot, so, oh, yeah. Cool. Perfect. So, just throw it out there. Well done, New Zealand. Mm. All right, so is there anything else with your, your glasses? So, they're, they're like kind of looking online, telling you about the person, and of course, is there red flags? Like if they've Ooh. done something or like, you know, they have racist Facebook posts or something, <laughs> they're like, don't even tr- bother. Yeah, yeah. 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 Gets so drunk that- and touches you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you How can would either that be choose. Online? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can either choose to uh, say, uh, say that you have the same beliefs as that person to ha- be their friend okay. and to get the maximum friendships, um, or you could choose not to. And just move along to the next person very quickly without wasting your time. Yeah. So this would this would go really well with Andy's thing. So you'd just walk into a pub, yeah. stare at everyone for a few <laughs> minutes while the, the computer tells you if they're a good person or not. Yeah. And then you just stalk them for an evening. Andy yeah. Andy style. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. What if I'm wearing a helmet and you're wearing the the helmet and we look at each other? Yeah. Do do the two helmets talk to each other and go like yes and then they kind of like cross um <laughs> like the data streams so to streams. Streams. actually <laughs> I, re- streams. I really like that idea and so then they go right boom 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 these are the things that match up that's how you can talk yeah so it can be like a portable tinder oh yeah for friendship Ooh. though not for yeah not for fucking because you've done that one <laughs> <laughs> So the music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Voice Rom. Check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. By the way, they have no, not received any money for our, from our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, they haven't. So keep on <laughs> well doing it, guys. Call to arms. Awesome. Also, remember to subscribe on your favourite podcast app and like our Facebook page and join in the forum and leave us a review on where you get this podcast. Cameron, sponsor for the week? You were just listening to Publish, Perish or Podcast. Podcast? <laughs> Brought to you this week by Air New Zealand. Air New Zealand are going to fly Renee out every fortnight from now on. Ooh. Yay! <laughs> that would be excellent. Awesome. AKA Qantas Inversion. <laughs> well, final farewells. T-Bone out. Goodbye. And thanks. Goodbye. Bye.